Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers and today, listeners, we're going to be talking about creating video content that gets found on YouTube. And I'd like to introduce Rob Wilson. Rob, you're the video spokesperson for VidIQ, but tell us a little bit more about yourself, who you are, what you do, who VidIQ are. I love being called the video spokesperson for VidIQ here. <laughs> it feels like I should be um, brought out in front of a cameras whenever there's a disaster. But if you were to modernize the term video spokesperson in the YouTube context, basically, if we have something to share with our audience, I put myself in front of camera, stick the video on YouTube, and we'll talk about anything to do with growing your channel, not only from the VidIQ software, which I'm sure we're going to in a lot more detail uh, as this interview goes on, but general tips about the, the value proposition of your content, the target audience, how you should be engaging with people. And it's an infinite universe of ideas. There's previously, like YouTube was a bit the Wild West. You could put any sort of content on there and uh, have it successful. But now people are getting a lot more savvy and connected with YouTube with a way of reaching out to an audience. You have this term social media influencers these days and becoming a lot more competitive so you have to have to think a lot smarter about your youtube content almost treating it like a business so we have hundreds of tools which will help youtubers research metrics optimize their content and like do health checks on their on their own things and me as part of vidIQ I have been a video creator for five years before vidIQ I had a tech channel which I got to 100,000 subscribers now trying to do the same thing with vidIQ so I I guess I, I feel as if I add an authenticity to vidIQ it's like you could be an expert on football statistics but are you any good at football and mm. uh, vidIQ's attitude was we need somebody who's good at the actual craft of video creating and and that's why they brought me on board yeah you've got to walk the walk as well as talk the talk haven't you yeah yeah uh, and as vidIQ has grown and we have more resources i was just the, the video guy who was brought in to do that fantastic well rob i'm really looking forward to to giving you a right old grilling uh, on this because it's an area that i really want to learn uh, more about and like everybody else i've dabbled in youtube so let's kick off with with an explanation of what, what is vid iq if you look at the typical youtube watch page you'll see predominantly maybe three metrics that would be views likes dislikes and subscriber count what vidIQ does is it grabs all of these metrics from all over the YouTube, which are accessible and, and are public, but they're often hidden away deep in the analytical minefields of screens all over the place. And we just take it all, put it on a video scorecard to the right of the video, and it's like, wow, what, where do all these metrics come from? And like, what do they tell me? And will tech, along with iPhone, might be a, a good approach, but is that too general? Do you need to be a lot more specific with your content? It might be about tech, it might be about iPhones, but let's say you're competing against a channel with 5 million subscribers and your channel has 1,000 subscribers. Do you need to be a lot more specific? And our search engine optimization can help you really funnel to the specific keywords that you want to represent in your content. So that's literally, I would say, 10% of what we do, that, that video scorecard, but it is kind of the the, the flagship thing that everybody sees when they first install it, it opened my eyes massively because i i have always loved video like youtube video optimization it's become a lot more 
a lot harder and a lot more challenging. And if you've only got three basic, three or four basic metrics to go on, it's it's almost impossible to know which way's up and which way's down and what can you do to improve things. And the, the first day I saw the, the scorecard, it's like, wow, there's all these other metrics that I can compare and contrast and look at look at what other people are, how they're performing and you know start asking questions like, well, why is that video in the top five when I do this particular key keyword search? It gives you so much more to to sort of purchase on. It's brilliant. Yeah, and I think it's important to note that when we talk about these metrics that we're surfacing, it's not just your own videos. You look at any video on YouTube and vidIQ will be able to give you uh, some information about it. And as you say, looking at your competitors, although maybe competitors is not the right word in YouTube, it's big enough for everybody, but you are effectively all competing for the same watch time. And yeah, you should be looking at what video creators in your space are doing in terms of are they making videos that are really towards a trending topic that you've maybe not realized or are they using keywords in a particular way which is helping them get to the top of the search terms what sort of competition is around you i mean it's all well and good subscribing to the largest channels and uh, following what they do but you want to be looking at channels which have a similar subscriber count to you to see how the people you're have as much influence as are doing and whether they're growing faster than you and again finding out what content is working for them so is there a particular type of content that that does particularly well on youtube it's going to be a bit of a cop-out answer but good <laughs> but that can be uh it can be divided into many areas uh, like storytelling and videos about people human interest stories like that's why we watch television it's why we, we are i was about to use some american soap operas but i realize i'm back in the uk for a, a couple of minutes so i can start to talk about coronation <laughs> why do, why do we we have ten? a we have a global audience but but hey they'll 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 get the soap opera all right reference, yes. days of our lives is that yeah. an american soap opera? <laughs> why do these millions of people tune in to watch um uh, these not these not real people talk about real stories and yeah. that can translate itself back into youtube when people are doing videos and they have a personality and a brand and you connect to somebody on a human and an emotional level, I think that really works for YouTubers. Um, we've also got here that episodic content definitely works. Uh, people have a certain expectation. When they click on the subscribe button, they're doing it because they like your content and they expect more of the same. Often we see with smaller channels of maybe 50 to 100 subscribers who are still trying to understand their place in this YouTube world, they'll just make videos on what they're interested in. And that could be video gaming, it could be vlogging, it could be pranks, it could be WWE wrestling. And if you keep jumping from one topic to another, that can really confuse your audience. So we often talk about having a strong message or strong values. Target audience and a value proposition, or to put it another way, who should be watching and why should they care? That's really something strong in YouTube that many video creators, it takes them a long time to understand what their channel is about. And once they understand what their channel is about, then they can be really passionate and share that message with the world. And obviously, trending contents. Um, if a channel wants to really hit it big quickly, if they can really latch onto into a trend and be maybe the first video out about a topic or the best uh, then it can really give him a leg up but it's so fierce and competitive now everybody else is doing the same thing so i would say a combination of all those things mixed in with uh, with a core value and consistency is probably where um, the most successful content comes from 
So let's let's get down to well, one of the things I really want to find out about. What measurements and metrics really matter to YouTube? Again, we're going to go with the most obvious one first, but it is watch time. And simply what watch time is, is how many minutes your content is watched for. And the reason that's one of the most important ones is because YouTube wants to sell ads. The more time you're on the YouTube platform, the more time YouTube has to sell ads. So before it might have been views that was important, but I think that was a little easier to game the system in terms of uh, the YouTube metrics. So when you're watching content, and I think YouTube can actually work out how engaged you are to this content, like whether you're posting comments and uh, whether you move to more content on YouTube. We call that session watch time. Uh, an interesting thing to know is that if you uh, bring people into YouTube, you get like a tiny bonus for that. And if viewers stay on YouTube, even if they're not watching your own content, again, you're, you get a, a bit of an extra a little extra boost and that's why you might start to appear in a suggestive video column of videos so you know when you're watching a video and it's like well how does youtube know i want to watch this next and it's because it's been analyzing the, the watch time behind these other videos and it's trying to link it to your viewing habits so with watch time audience retention is vitally important there could be an argument to say that you've got a 10 minute video but if people only watch it for one minute uh, and then leave it and leave YouTube, then you're going to be punished. But let's say you've got a 30-second video and it's watched for 100% of the time and then the audience goes to watch something else, then you've got 100% audience retention and you've kept the viewer on YouTube. So there's many ways to skin this, I would call YouTube cat, in terms of <laughs> audience, audience retention. But yeah, keeping people on YouTube is vitally important as well. You do want to be the one responsible for uh, sending them off to Facebook, Twitter, or another compet competitor in the social media uh, place. And that leads on to some relatively new metrics that have just been released by YouTube now called impressions and click-through rates. A lot of people have been wanting these metrics for a long time. And now we finally have them in the new creator beta studio, if people are aware of what that is. YouTuber thinking about changing their analytical pages quite significantly. So we're just starting to see these new pages. And impressions is essentially how many times YouTubers shared your thumbnail on YouTube and then how many times people have clicked on it. And there's this funnel metric now on YouTube, which combines impressions, click-through rates, and watch time. So if your watch time is high, YouTube will then start to share your content with more people, so you get more impressions. That ironically might mean that your click-through rate goes down as it's shared to a wider audience who might not be more as invested in your content as your core subscribers. But yeah, impressions and click-through rate, we're all still trying to understand what these new metrics mean, but now we have access to them, it can help us almost do split testing with thumbnails, like which ones have a more of an impact on, on the audience. Really interesting that, just to dwell on yeah. impressions, because actually if you've not you know, gone through the, the basics and sort of YouTube search engine optimised your content so the right people that are going to be interested in it are going to find it, that's, you know, impressions is going to work against you because it's going to surface potentially to the wrong audience. And, and it, you know, language is a it's a subtle beast, isn't it? It's so easy to sort of go off piste with, with the wrong chosen word that maybe has double meaning. Yeah, and YouTube will try and help you distinguish when 
people are searching for your content as opposed to YouTube trying to share it with a new audience. Uh, so that's like a, a, a sub-metric within impressions. And okay. uh, as you say, I think YouTube is kind of waiting for your content to do well before it starts to share it a little bit more. You'll often see with evergreen content, for example, uh, and evergreen content, just to explain the jargon of that, is especially, and this is especially strong in how-to videos, you may find that if you do a, a video that doesn't do particularly well to begin with, but then it starts to slowly gain momentum, it's because you've answered a question that the audience wants to know and not enough videos on YouTube are answering that question. And as YouTube finds the watch times growing on your content, the impressions are going more and more in the positive, it's sharing your content with more people. So there can be times when playing the long game is more beneficial than trying to get those viral hits. Okay, so are there any other measurements or metrics that we should be keeping an eye on and understanding how they work within the YouTube universe? Yeah, velocity is quite important. This is when you first upload a video. You kind of get these extra boosts from YouTube. So when you do a search, for example, you might notice there's a, a new a little icon next to a, a video and that lasts for about i think it usually lasts for about a week and that just means that youtube's giving your content more of an opportunity to be watched and it will judge the success of your videos in the first 24 to 72 hours in terms of its velocity and if it's doing well then it might keep it higher up the search rankings uh, so we do pay attention to velocity it's really quite important for the success of a video long term if it's not a viral one so if that if that's working i'm guessing it it means that you know promoting your video in multiple channels to make sure it has the the best possible yeah kind of absolutely really absolutely. really helps you gain even further momentum yeah we recommend uh using social media platforms like what you can do on twitter is maybe take a clip of that video 30 seconds of it the best bit and then like include a link to watch a full video then visit us on on youtube and you could do the same thing on facebook to a certain extent so yeah sharing your content and getting it to reach your core audience first and then getting them to share it or those people helping with the, the general metrics of a video are really quite important there's so many videos that are so good on youtube but then they just die a death before they even get going because it's not been correctly optimized to begin with really good and and i'm guessing engagement as as you've already said is is another key factor yeah because youtube is not a passive experience if we quickly go back to watching traditional television you may talk about it amongst your friends and there may be discussion forums but with youtube you are right there able to post a comment and engage directly with the video creator. And so one of the things I strongly recommend on videos is posing questions directly to your audience, whether you do it in the first 30 seconds as a like a, a teaser question to what you're going to be discussing, or like here's you, you do it at the end of a video, these are the, the things I've I've thought about. Let us know how you what you think in the comments below. And mm. I'm sure you do this in your in your podcast as well, Kieran. It's like you've got you've got any questions, do file them back. It may yeah. uh, drive ideas for future content but having that personal and direct connection with your audience is a really powerful thing especially when you do live streams I, at the start of the year i decided to experiment with doing actual channel reviews of people's content their channels and it's really successful we get hundreds of people joining these live streams obviously they're desperate for a bit of free access to us to 
review their content but i pitch it along the lines of you will your channel will get picked based on your contribution to the live stream so don't ask for a review (laughs) i want you to ask questions about the channel that we're looking at or what do you think of this person's channel banner and then we've got moderators looking at these comments and saying yeah this person's really involved in the community review them next so yeah engagement and definitely live streams if you've not live tried live streams before it's a terrifying experience but it is so rewarding as well. I love, I love that you sort of gamified the game. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's working on multiple levels. So what should we be looking at if we want our videos to be visible and found? Obviously, you have the two most important factors of any video to persuade somebody to click on a video, and that is thumbnails and titles. Some general tips about thumbnails should be that they should tease a story, they should complement the title they shouldn't regurgitate the title i've seen so many times where people use exactly the same wording in their title in the thumbnail and it's redundant replication of what you're trying to say in your video there should be bright vibrant colors to stand out again on the suggested video column you want your colors to stand out and be of a consistent theme thumbnails are always reduced to maybe a third of the size of, of when you are creating your thumbnail. So whenever you do a thumbnail, you before you actually use it, you probably want to shrink it down to a small size just to see how it's going to look to the general public on a mobile device and a desktop. Then once you have the thumbnail, you've got to think about how you can optimize your keywords and your titles. To give you a, a practical example, I was doing a video earlier on this week trying to work out how to get people to their first 100 subscribers. And one of the ways to do this is to rank highly in the search terms. And I just went along the idea of technology and video games are very popular as they always are. I'm sure everybody's heard of Fortnite and the the success of this shooting game. And it's played on a predominantly on a desktop PC. You might need a good graphics card. So I started to play around with the idea of search terms for graphics cards. It was best graphics card. It's quite generic. There's going to be a lot of searches for it. Big channels are probably going to dominate that. So how can you be more strategic about this content? We could add 2018 at the end of it. So best graphics cards 2018. It's current and people want up-to-date information. But again, there's still a lot of channels uh, to compete with there. So how can you continue to narrow down the keyword searches the longer the keyword search term is the less people who are searching for it but the less competition there is and i stumbled upon the uh keyword of best budget graphics card of 2018 and we've got a little tool in vidiq which is completely free it gives you the the keyword score which is search volume versus competition search volume was relatively high versus competition so it seemed like seemed like a good opportunity keyword to break into and as I looked at these search terms, the fourth result in a list, so it was on the first page and you could see it immediately, was a channel with 51 subscribers. Relatively good thumbnail. I think it was something along the lines of best budget graphics card for 2018 for the money or something along those lines. And it had 9,000 views. Now, compared to a channel at the top of a list, which I think had 300,000 views, it was relatively small fry. But... When the channel has 50 subscribers, 9,000 views, YouTube's identified that content as something valuable and shed it out to a much wider audience than what you would usually expect for 
the, the content. So how do you go about researching keywords? I'm really interested in that because it's great to be able to discover these niches, but are there any tools or techniques that you can use to, to identify where you go? Or is it very much just you know going on a little bit of a keyword safari and, and looking at what other people have done? So uh, some keyword um, suggestions. Well, let's take an example here. Um, when you are promoting uh, your podcast, mm-hmm. uh, like, give me like a, a general keyword that you would use. Oh, I don't know. So content marketing. Content marketing. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing you might want to do here is, and this sounds really odd, but in YouTube, just do content marketing and then A. And it will do auth- an autofill. And if you go like alphabetically through youtube like content marketing b content marketing c you'll start to see all these longer tail keywords mm-hmm. and it's like oh, okay so there's there's lots of subgenres of content marketing it might be content marketing for youtube content marketing for small businesses and that's when you start to see all these keywords that may appear for smaller channels where you may have an impact and you can do other strategies like adding 2018 to it just to make it more current and whenever you do a search on youtube our vidiq tool will show you all the search results as usual but it will also show you the keywords that each of these videos have used so you can see what your competitors in your space the most successful ones what keywords they're using and even if you click on one of those keywords, it will launch a keyword inspector and then it will show you even more keywords. So you can go through this process for hours and hours looking at different keywords. And every time you will look at one, you'll see the search volume. You'll see how it's trending on uh, Google, like whether it's trending upwards or downwards. So there's a lot of research opportunities that vidIQ will help you do uh, just through looking at other people's content. So vidIQ is one of the few tools that I've just become so engrossed in, I've forgotten to eat. I actually miss <laughs> last, last time I did is I actually forgot to have lunch entirely because you just get so, so absorbed in it. It, it, is, it is very, very good from that perspective. So guys, if you ha- haven't never done this, I'd encourage you to, to do it, but you might want to set a time limit. <laughs> yeah absolutely and and it's and it's not just the research tools that we have yeah obviously once you've researched your uh, particular topic and you've created some content how do you then pitch that to um youtube that's one of the most daunting things like you could be the best you could create the best video in the world and then you don't put in the right title you don't add the right thumbnail and it never surfaces on youtube so i always recommend a good hour or two in the upload process as well and yeah have an idea of what title you want to use uh, before you make the video and then have an idea of maybe a few keywords that you want to do. Once you start to put in those keywords, our tool then starts to uh, aggregate potential additional keywords that you would want to use and you can then add them to your tag list. And it also ranks your keywords as well. So we have a score out of 50 and if you are get above 40, then we're basically telling you this isn't a guarantee that your video is going to get millions of views, but you're giving yourself the best opportunity to tell YouTube exactly what this content is about so it understands who to share that content with. So let's, we've talked a lot about titles and doubling down in content. I think that's a great strategy. And obviously we need in, an engaged audience as well. Can we just dwell a little bit on tags and descriptions? 
Yeah, because they're. I think I don't know. I think particularly tags is often misunderstood. I'd really love to get your perspective on on best practice and how to go about using those, and you know how important is the description. So tags is an ever evolving subject on YouTube. You can talk to other experts in the field, and they would say that tags have very little meaning anymore and when you look at their videos and they still include tags so they must be <laughs> useful for a reason that there's a reason why they're there and even if the importance of them is diminishing uh if you want a marginal gains on your content versus other youtubers then it's still worth doing i think the general suggestions for tags would be make them as relevant as possible and as specific as possible so is there a limit to how many you can have or there's a there's 500 character limit in any one tag no so you have a tag box right okay and it's a 500 character limit so you can put in as many individual tags as you want but once you get up to a 500 limit then it won't this is really annoying from YouTube. They don't actually tell you what your tag limit is, but fortunately, we do include a little character limit, which helps you to know when you're reaching that limit. So in terms of tags, you want to be as specific as possible. Let's go back to this idea of graphics cards. Do you want to include PC, desktop, computer in a video about the best budget graphic cards for 2018? Possibly not, because when people are searching for those searching for the best budget graphics card. They're not putting in computer. They're putting in best budget graphics card. So it's better to repeat the same keyword over and over again in a slightly different format than trying to use these broader keywords, which any channel could be using with millions of subscribers and then you're competing against them i, th- I think particularly you know now there's the impression and the click-through rate metric in there you know it's, it particularly makes sense what what you're saying um if you don't need it you know don't don't put it in there yeah youtube don't publicly say this with a megaphone but if you look at their creator academy there is one snippet of a line in one of their tutorial pieces that says how to audit good metadata on your channel is looking at the order of tag relevancy. So if your title is something along the lines of best budget graphics cards of 2018, that should probably be your first tag rather than computer, desktop or PC. And then it might be uh, best budget graphics cards for the money 2018 or 2018 best budget graphics cards. So you're just kind of reversing those tags a little bit, but it's all reinforcing that same specific niche area so youtube knows exactly when to surface that content but you should also remember that let's say if we did those tags now in the middle of may how much impact are they going to have versus if you did the same video and tags in january 2018 and december 2018 so you've still got to think about how time sensitive your content is so um let's talk a little bit more about vid iq um yep. and what it actually is because um, i mean essentially the part of it that i've used is is the browser plugin is there any more to it than that or is it essentially that if i've got that i've got i've got vid, vid iq i know you have like a premium and a freemium version it's the majority of our chrome extension but what a lot of people don't realizes that when they install the Chrome extension, there's an IQ button that appears in your browser bar. And if you click on that, we've got a range of web suite applications as well. For example, we have best time to post. This analyzes uh, your subscribers' activities when they subscribe to other channels and when they're liking other people's content. 
and it tries to determine when might be the best time to post for your audience as opposed to when it's the best time for you. We've also got a tool called Bulk SEO, which scans your tags after a couple of days, and it will show you how many times your videos were seen on YouTube with the tag that you, you use. So it's kind of like impressions for tags. Let's say you use a tag, again, we'll go to Best Graphics Cards 2018, and it has the number 57 next to it. That means that people have seen your video 57 times from using that search term. But what it also does is shows you how many times your videos appeared for tags that you don't even use. So it's kind of telling you you've not completely optimized your content properly. You could use these additional tags to further optimize your content. So yeah, there's uh, some web suite applications that we have. And you've spoken briefly about the free version, which we have, I'd say about 60 to 70% of our tools are free. But if you want to take, I would say the auditable, auditable actions of your channel to the next level, we have two price points. There's a $10 pro version, which will help you with things such as creating a competitor's list so that you can closely follow your channels who work in the same YouTube space as you. Mm -hmm. And you can follow what content they're making, like their video velocity, how they're growing. If you think of the subscription feed is for you as a viewer, the competitors list from vidIQ is for you as a video creator to follow right. who you're interested in as maybe somebody to collaborate with or somebody you want to, I'm not going to say rip off their content, but there's always <laughs> the idea of if they're doing something right, yeah. you should probably be looking at what they're doing right and then put your own style into yeah, it and your own Working things. out how to do it better. Yeah, essentially, essentially putting your own spin on things. I mean, if you do a search for anything on YouTube, like we've just had this big announcement from YouTube or a startling revelation that they're going to change or potentially to think about where they're going to change the subscription feed from chronological to personalized, whatever that means. And that's sent some pretty big shockwaves throughout the YouTube community. And I saw this yesterday and I thought, this is interesting. I'm going to do a video on this. I'm going to watch somebody else's content and see how they produce it, what information they've got. But then I'm going to put my own spin in it. And one of the things I do at vidIQ is these in 60 seconds videos. So rather than spending a lot of time trying to explain it, it's like, here's what you need to know. I'd love to know your thoughts in 60 seconds rather than going into a five, 10 minute monologue on the subject. So that was just our spin on a on a on a popular topic right now a trending content rob thanks so much for, for for your time and and you know guys there was so much that i wanted to talk to uh rob about and we, we knew we wouldn't have time to, to cover everything so i've asked rob if he's got any top articles or cheat sheets or blogs that we can link to and you've come up with a few haven't you rob yeah so if you want to learn more about vidIQ there is a video and of course all of these have been professionally done by me um we've got we've got a video which shows you 100 different ways that we can help so we've talked about probably 5 or 10 tools here but there's hundreds of tools that we have and going away from vidIQ a little bit um one of the big topics at the start of this year was the change in monetization from YouTube it, mm. They changed the rules from needing 10,000 views to 1,000 subscribers, 4,000 hours of watch time. I've repeated that term so many times in the last <laughs> couple of months. And that's a big topic for YouTubers of how to reach those goals. So as kind of like a beginner's guide, there's a couple of videos there on vidIQ, which, as I say, with vidIQ, 
we're not only a, a tool to help you, uh, and if you buy the product, fantastic, but YouTube is a free platform and we do lots of free content on there. Uh, so there's those two videos in particular, but also we do live streams every week where I get on and just look at people's vid channels and give them advice, and that's a free service as well. So if you do want to check that out, I, we do it at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Back in the UK, that would be 7 p.m., and then anywhere else in the world, just adjust your clocks and uh, drop in. And uh, yeah, hopefully I can help you with just some some advice on how to boost your channel. Fantastic. Well, we're going to include links to, to all those three things in the awesome. show thank notes. You. So uh, thank, thank you very much for that. If we want to get in touch and find out more about vidIQ, where should we go? What should we do? Very simple. Uh, the website is vidIQ.com. If you want to download our Chrome extension, just type in vidIQ in the Chrome App Store. And we are vidIQ on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And no doubt you'll come into contact with me since I am the video spokesperson, <laughs> social media influencer, and all things uh, vidIQ. Just to repeat, though, I do not own the company. Everybody seems to think I do yeah, because I'm like the, there's the, two the, robs. The, there's yeah, two there's two Robs, I, but I am just the uh, the social media facing person. Um, so <laughs> sometimes I do say, yeah, I own a company, but if there's any issues, I direct them to my CEO. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Rob Wilson, video spokesperson for vidIQ, thanks so much for your time. Absolute pleasure. Thanks very much for listening to the Digital Marketing Podcast. If you want to continue your learning in digital marketing, get over to targetinternet.com and sign up for the free trial of our digital marketing e-learning platform. There's over 140 bite-sized courses for you to try and lots of other learning resources as well. So get on there and sign up for the free trial.